Good morning and welcome to the final December issue of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we are delighted that you've joined us. Uh, that you've joined us today to uh, to continue uh, our studies in the book of Revelation. Uh, we have gone all the way through chapter 12 so far, and if uh, I'm not mistaken, I believe we're going to do a short review of chapter 12 today, and then pastor's going to take us into chapter 13, uh, and we're going to learn some, some really uh, great information about uh, the end time beast of chapter 13 in Revelation. So without further ado, Pastor, uh, good morning and um, glad to have you with us as always. If you will, uh, review chapter 12 with us and, and then tell us a little bit about chapter 13. Okay. You got it. Thank you. Okay, let's, um, um, if you're listening and you have a Bible handy, turn to Revelation chapter 12. And we'll do a, just a quick review of some things that we said in our last uh, podcast. And then we'll go into uh, Revelation chapter 13. And I want to warn you in uh, right at the very beginning that we probably won't get through the whole chapter 13 because there are some things that I want to deal with topically uh, in that chapter. And uh, so if you will just... Uh, have patience, and we're going to learn some things today, and uh, things that will help you to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and get a better knowledge of what's going to happen next. So, here we go. Revelation chapter 12 uh, starts out, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars, and we said that that probably uh, is really... To the nation of Israel. They have 12 tribes. Uh, and it says, And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon. Now, the red dragon, make no mistake, that's Satan. A great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now let's stop right there. A third of the angels that were cast down, uh, cast out of heaven. And we were in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel uh, chapter 22. And we talked about uh, this uh, event where Satan rebelled in heaven. And uh, he was uh, rebuked and he was cast out of heaven. And understand this, that Satan now is the prince of the powers of the air right now as we're speaking. And, uh, and he's deceiving millions of people. But the one thing that he's doing, and we talked about this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Well, let's read verse, let's read verse 9. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan. So whenever you see the serpent, it's devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out onto the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and 
strength and kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And here's what this is about. Uh, Satan right now has access to heaven. He can't live there anymore. He's cast out. He's, he's been thrown out. But he does have access to heaven to accuse the brethren. And we were in Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 2, and we saw instances where Satan and the sons of God, which were the fallen angels, uh, came to the throne and, and accused Job. He's doing that with you and, with you and me today, um, and, and he's accusing us. And so um, uh, he was the accuser of our brethren. It says it's cast down. Now, from this point on, uh, I don't see any verse of Scripture, any passage which says he's now has access to heaven to accuse the brethren, because now he's cast down. Uh, verse 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. I wonder how many Christians are living that way. Anyway... Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath. And we talked about now he is angry. He is very angry. And by the way, we're dealing with the time under the seventh trumpet. And there were seven seal judgments and seven trumpet judgments. We're in the seventh trumpet. And uh, then uh, a little later on, we'll get to the seven vials. Remember, these are judgments uh, that are happening while Israel is back in the land, totally. And, so, and the, the tribulation period is primarily a judgment upon God's elect nation. And then it says in verse 13 of chapter 12, When the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the child. Now, who is the woman that brought, brought forth the man-child? Israel. Mm -hmm. Israel. And to the woman were given two wings of an eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time, and times, and half a time. And in biblical parlance, that, that means three and a half years. And so she was, she was uh, escaped from the face of the serpent, it says in verse 14. Mm -hmm. The serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. And so God is protecting his elect nation, even though he's judging them during this seven-year uh, tribulation. And then verse 17 of chapter, so, uh, chapter 12 says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and he went to make war with the remnant of her seed, mm -hmm. which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so there were Jews getting saved, and they were coming to uh, a correct knowledge of God. Uh, they have, they have uh, stopped rejecting Christ and is now uh, now receiving him. And so uh, that's what chapter 12 is about. Now, chapter 13, uh, I'm going to read uh, quite a lengthy passage here, so stay with me. And I'm going to emphasize some words, and when I get to them, I'm going to tell you why. So, chapter 13, 
Israel is being um, is being uh, protected now, and this uh, this chapter begins the second half of the tribulation. Uh, the seventh under the seventh trumpet that begins the, the last three and a half years upon the earth. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now the word beast. Now this doesn't mean literally an animal. This is a man which we shall see. This is a man, which we shall see, who is a vicious, uh, terrifying uh, individual. And, and he rises up out of the sea, uh, and it's talking about uh, the nations. And I will deal with the seven heads and the ten horns and the ten crowns more in detail at, uh, subsequently. But the seven heads, now seven is always the number of completed things, having seven heads, and it means he had complete wisdom, knowledge. And he had ten horns, and the horns are always a symbol of power, ten horns. And we'll deal with why ten in just a little bit. And upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. Now let's continue reading. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. We got speed there, mm -hmm. the ability to hunt. His feet were as the feet of a bear. Anybody ever see a bear's feet? Oh, yeah. Don't ever let a, don't ever let a bear smack you on the side of the head. You'll never get up again. <laughs> the, the feet of, were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his authority and his seat and his grip. Excuse me, the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. Now, who's the dragon? He's the serpent, the devil. And this this beast, a man out of the nations, had great power and great authority. Um, and he said, and I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Now, remember, the Antichrist is the fake Christ. And so this is a fake resurrection. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand that. And so people said, oh, raised from the dead. Uh, and they and his deadly wound was healed. And we're going to deal with that uh, uh, pretty quickly. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? They worship the dragon. The dragon is the fake father, the fake god. Um, and, and the beast is the fake Christ. And it says here, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Here again, three and a half three years, and a half years mm -hmm. or the second half of the tribulation. So mm -hmm. this this chapter is introducing the second half of the tribulation, often called by um, great theological scholars, is often called the great tribulation. In Matthew 24 and 25, we see the same term. And, and uh, he was to blaspheme 
the name of God and his tabernacle. And, and why would you say the tabernacle? Because that's where the high priest of the Jews uh, went to, uh, uh, to perform uh, the service of, uh, of ministry and forgiveness. And them, and he blasphemed them that dwell in heaven. He's casting aspersions on those that were raptured. He's casting aspersions on those who die in the Lord and and who are absent from the body and present with the Lord. Uh, he's he's uh, casting aspersions on them. And. And then it says in verse 7, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And make no mistake, while this tribulation period is judgment uh, to God's elect nation, it is a judgment over the whole earth. Right, right. Yep. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names were not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Uh-huh. Now, I'm going to spend some time uh, talking to you about the Lamb's book of life. We see the Lamb's book of life um, uh, referred to again in Revelation chapter 20, and we'll be in that uh, chapter for a little bit also. And so whose names are not written in the book of life. Now, Curtis, you and I spent about an hour last night uh, studying this very verse and having a great deal of fun. Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, indeed, we did. Well, I mean, there's no greater fun than uh, a man who has a son who's godly <laughs> and loves the word of God. And they can get together and study together the word of God and just enjoy <laughs> doing it. Amen. And, and, that, and, and that's why we're doing this podcast for 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 your um, education and edification, but also for your enjoyment. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't people who are saved enjoy uh, studying the precious word of God okay. and knowing how the whole thing is going, how the whole shebang is going to end? That's right. And and that's what this is about. And he says, whose names were not written in the book of life. Now, here's the, and it's the book of the, of the Lamb, who was slain from the foundation of the world. Wait a minute. I thought he was killed in 33, BC, 33 AD. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, no. It, 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 God knew the, the end from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Now, understand this. So when he says the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, it was always in God's mind to send his son. He gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, when you and I were growing up, well, maybe not so much when you were growing up, but when I was growing up, uh, I had the world's godliest parents. My dad was a, a Sunday school teacher in one of the largest fundamental churches in, in Peoria at the time when he was a young man and I was just a kid. 
and my mother taught vacation Bible school. Uh, she taught the elementary grades in Sunday in Sunday school. Uh, she was one of the leaders in a teenage girls um, group called the Pioneer Girls, where they learned not only the Bible, uh, but how to behave in the home, how to cook, how to keep house, and so forth. And so my godly parents uh, taught me this thing, and and I found out in later years that it was wrong. But this was the thing that was being taught for years. And that is Dickie, they'd say, and don't you ever call me that. You hear me? Uh, who, me? Dickie. <laughs> Dickie, the moment you get saved, God writes your name in the book of life. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, let me just say this to you. Here's how I've learned to believe it. Here's how I've learned to, uh, to, to believe the, the book of life. Let's turn quickly to Revelation chapter 20, okay? Chapter 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you there? Well, I'm there. Okay. Chapter 20, verse... Well, let's, let's, learn, let's talk about the great judgment day when Jesus Christ comes back to earth in Revelation 19. And, and in Revelation 20, it says, And the devil, verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. There will come a time when Satan not only does not have access to heaven, he can't even be on the earth. That's right. And now we see what's called the great white throne judgment in chapter 20, verse 11. Mm-hmm. And it says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead... Now, the dead here are the people who rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. And up until this time, never repented, never believed. And they died and went to uh, a place called hell or Hades. Right. And I saw, okay. Now, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Wow. They were, they stood before God? Mm-hmm. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, let's stop for a minute. So the dead, <clears throat> the people that are in hell, their spirits are there. Right. They don't have bodies yet. Right. But now they're given bodies, and they're going to stand before God. That's right. And be judged not because, well, excuse me, let me let me rephrase that. They will be judged not out of the book of life because, because that is a judgment in itself. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Mm-hmm. You know, believers will be judged according to your works, but that will happen. Um, 
at the Bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ, which happens exactly after the rapture of the church, when the believers are taken up off the earth, both the living and the dead, and they shall be judged for their works. Now, the reason they were raptured is because they already believed. Right. That judgment is, is done. Right. The moment they got saved, and so they were saved. And so they won't appear at this great white throne judgment. Only those who rejected Jesus Christ in their life. So verse I, thirteen. It said, so it said I, I, the be, be, go, go ahead. Be, before we go to verse thirteen, Dad, um, I've got a question here about verse twelve. It, okay. it says, "I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened." And then there's a semicolon, or a, a colon. Yeah. And, and yeah. so that denotes that there were two books, at least two books opened at, at that uh, time. At least, and, and probably there were many based on what's going to happen next. But right. And then it says, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. So it appears that, that, in, that in this verse that there are at least three books open. At least three. Right. At least three. That's correct. Okay. And the book of life is, is not plural. It is the, the book, of, book life. of life. That's right. Okay, finish your check, your question. So if, if, if the book of life that is the other book that was opened. So what, yeah. were, what were the other two books? The other two or many books were the book of the works of unbelievers. Okay, yeah, okay. Okay, so... So they shall be judged according to their works. I mean, their their destiny is is already hell. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Their destiny is already hell. Now that begs the question: If they're going to be judged according to their works, mm -hmm. and believe and believers were judged according to their works, mm -hmm. and they were rewarded according to their works. Mm -hmm. How about the, the dead? How about the dead? Ooh. Are they going to be judged according to their works uh, by how bad they were? Could, and the answer is, I think, probably there are degrees of punishment in hell. If there are, hell is still if, hell. Yeah, hell it, is still torment. Hell is still flames. But uh, uh, but but we see the hell is referred to uh, frequently uh, in, in our theological writings and in the Bible, the bottomless pit. Right. And if there are degrees, varying degrees of reward in heaven, I think it would stand to reason that there are also varying degrees of punishment in hell. And, and, and I think we can, uh, they, we can rightly and, and, uh, and maybe 99 or 9% chance that we're right about that, uh, yes. So Dante, right. so Dante had it, may have had it right as far as, uh, the different levels, you know, um, uh, theoretically, the different levels of punishment in hell. That's correct. Okay. And, it, and then it goes on to say, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is mm -hmm. the second death. Right. And whosoever was not found written in the book of was cast into the lake of fire. Now, understand this, we may be taking these out of order, but I want to, I want us to do a study on the Lamb's Book of Life, uh, and and I, I have checked with my pastor, and 
other uh, people who know the Bible really well, and I, I ask him, Pastor Watt, uh, name is Joey Watt, wonderful man of God, great pastor. I said, I think that the Lamb's Book of Life was written in eternity past, and everybody's name was in it. Mm-hmm. And those who reject Jesus Christ got blotted out of it. Right. So in other words, before before uh, the earth was created or the, you know, the, the before God created the heavens and the earth, he knew uh, of every person in, uh, that would ever be born into this world. And hence, and hence, all of their names were entered into the book of life at that time. And why would that be, Curtis? Because of God's will. That's right. Uh, in First Timothy chapter two, verse four. Because mm-hmm. I'm saying this because people say, "Well, God, why would He choose some people to go to hell and, and not others?" Uh, he didn't choose other people to go to hell. No. He had everybody's name written in the book of life from eternity past. So everybody had a chance to believe. Yeah. He gave everybody, uh, if you will, the benefit of the doubt at the, at the very beginning. Yeah. You've well, got a chance. I don't know that's right. And, and, and so, so he wanted to show, when he showed these books, he wanted to show everybody all the saved already knew it, but he wanted to show these dead people, you had a shot. That's right. You had a chance. Mm-hmm. Your name had been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'll show you why I believe that. And then it was erased. First Timothy 2.4 said, talked about God who will have all men to be saved. Yes. All men means all men. Right. In Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, God is not willing that any, any should, should perish, perish yeah. but that all should come to repentance, change their mind, believe. Right. So God wants everybody to be saved. And having said that, we, we believe, and, I can, and I'm going to show you some more scriptures. You might be, uh, right now, be turning to Ezekiel chapter 32, if you would, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, excuse me. Exodus. Exodus chapter 32. I'm sorry. I knew what you meant. Yeah, okay. Exodus 32. Maybe one of these days there, I'll begin to learn, learn how to read my own writing. There's you know a, what I mean? There, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> In, in Exodus chapter 32, Moses is really, mm-hmm. really frustrated with the children of Israel. Right. Yeah. Let's look at that. Exodus chapter 32, verse 30. And it came to pass on the morrow that Mo- Moses said unto the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I will make an atonement for your sin. Yeah, this was about the golden calf when they made that. 
right? That was uh, that. There was a lot of stuff about idolatry. I, I'm not going to go into to all of it, but that's right. He said mm-hmm. they sinned a great sin, uh, and it says. Uh, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. They were... When Moses was up on the mountain getting the the Ten Commandments, Aaron made a golden calf, and the Israelites, who have been saved out uh, out of Egypt, now were dancing naked around a golden calf. Oh, boy. My goodness. By the way, folks, uh, I think sometimes that we in Christendom have a tendency to erect the golden calf sometimes. Uh Anyway, let's return. Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. And he says, Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin. And then he says something that really uh, shook me. And if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. God said this, the Lord said unto Moses, whoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Right. could it be blotted out right and so and so the the language here says this book had already been written mm-hmm. blot me i pray thee out of my out of thy book which thou hast written that's right the lord didn't didn't correct him he just said the lord said unto moses whoever have sinned against me and that sin is the sin of unbelief him will i blot out of my book. Right. And so I contend that everybody in eternity past who would who would draw breath on the earth would have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. Right. And then when they rejected Jesus Christ finally and without and without repentance, that their name would be blotted out. Did you know in John 6, verse 64, the verse says, Jesus knew who would not believe. Oh, yeah. And he preached to them anyway. That's right. Why? Because he wanted to give them a chance, whether, whether, he, whether he knew they would or not. He was, he was praying that, that, uh, that they would take the chance to believe. They would, they would respond. Um, and he and and being God in the flesh, he already knew who would not believe. That's right. Now think about that. Yeah. Was he happy about no? No. No. No, because because in Ezekiel chapter eighteen, uh, verses twenty three and thirty two, 
you, you, you can read it for yourself, but it says God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He even says that in Ezekiel 18.32. He says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God's not pleased that he has to punish people in hell. No. He's not pleased that he's not pleased that people rejected his son to to whom he and and whom he gave to the whole world. That's right. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's right. But he is a just so, but he is a just God. And that's so right. and so we know that him being a just God uh, that uh, he would have he would he would need justification for punishment if it was necessary. That's right. Now there's no excuse. Blotting? There's no excuse. Well, let's, let's talk about this blotting stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like an unfair thing, but it's absolutely fair. I mean, he gave his son to the whole world. That's right. I mean, and and the Bible says that in so many places. Uh, I can't even go into it. But even if even if it just said one, like in John three sixteen. Uh, it's, it's so. But look at Psalm 69. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You ready? Oh, yeah. Psalm, Psalm 69, verse 28. Well, let, let, let's read read some scriptures that went before that. Uh, David says, beginning with verse 18, Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame, my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart. I am full of heaviness, and I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my meat. Now, isn't this interesting? <laughs> David said famously, I think it was in Psalm 142, he said he, he came out of his cave and he says, I looked at my right hand and there was none that did care for my soul. Thank God that he does. Amen. So anyway, he go back to these people, his enemies. They, uh, he says, let their table become a snare before them. And mm -hmm. that which should have been for welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not and make their loins continually to shake. Pour out thy indignation upon them. Let thy wrathful anger for by thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. Mm -hmm. David then says, Add iniquity to their iniquity, and let them not come into thy righteousness. Mm -hmm. And then he says this. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living wow. and not be written mm, mm, with mm. the righteous. Yeah. Da David knew. <laughs> David knew that there would be blotting uh, or else God wouldn't have told him to write that. Isn't that correct? That's correct. He had to know that there was a book of life to begin with. And, yeah, and, and let me just pause here. Why should I? Why would I believe it? Because God said, uh, in the book of Acts, forever, or in the book of Psalm, of uh, uh, 119.89, he said, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Yep. That's right. God, God's word was already in God's mind, and he dictated it to men. They wrote it down. Uh, Jesus out in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, he was, he was uh, fasting, and he was hungry. And 
And uh, Satan came to him and said, If I be the Son of God, uh, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus said, It is written, Thou shalt not live by bread. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Right. Now, was, you want to call Jesus a liar? I don't. Nope. No, thank you. Was Jesus mistaken? No, he was the God man. He wasn't mistaken. So, so David knew because God had told him to write this very stuff. And he knew that there would be blottings out of the book of life. Turn, turn again to Psalm 109. Psalm 109, verse 13. Mm-hmm. That's so- he's again, talking, again, he's talking about the sins of his people. And he said in, John, in Psalm 109, verse 13, let his posterity or his progeny or, or those uh, uh, of his seed be cut off. And in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. There it is again. There it is again. And when, you're t- when we're talking about, remember in Revelation 2 and 3, uh, the letters that... Uh, uh, there were written to the seven, uh, seven churches of the church age, and we come to Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 5, That's right. to the church of Sardis. That's right. Under the angel of the church of Sardis, write these things, saith he, that, saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works. Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain uh, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Now he's talking to people who are members of the body of Christ already. Mm-hmm. He says, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. In other words, you're, you're, you're looking at an early death. Right. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh. Now the book of Revelation says the people on earth, the believers, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. So here in Revelation 3, 5, it says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Uh, and I will... Now, remember, this is quoting from Jesus. He says, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Right. But I will confess his name before my father and his angels. Let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Do you have an ear ear to hear? The The Lamb's book of life was completed in eternity past. Yeah, it's it's so interesting that that even Moses knew about the Book of Life. He knew there were David knew, and, and and I don't want to create another rabbit trail here, but just a quick comment. You know, Moses was willing to sacrifice himself for his people. He, wasn't he a picture of Christ there, Dad? That that was a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sure was. That's exactly right. Moses was a picture of Christ himself. Yeah, and then he said, I'm, I'm not going to blot your name out. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. God, God, and by the way, that's a pretty good indication of eternal security, isn't it? It certainly is. 
It certainly is. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, and so, believers, I mean, unbelievers then, according to uh, the book of the Revelation, will be judged according to their works. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think people can be saved by doing good works, Curtis? Absolutely not. Oh, I wonder how come. Is it because in Acts chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith? I think that would and be that, the reason, yeah, that would be the reason. And that, not of yourself? That's right. Not by works, lest any man should boast? That's right. You can't... We both know you, a man. You can, uh, we you, both know a man. Uh, go ahead. You can't do it yourself. Uh, but, no, you can't. But Christ can do it for you through your belief. That's right. Before you get saved, and I'm going to show you some scriptures that proves what I'm going to say here. Before you get saved, before you believe, before you're saved by grace, but you say, you cannot do anything that's righteous. Well, what if I feed the bum down there on Adams Street? If you're not saved, that's not a righteous work. And, and I'm going to tell you, uh, and I'll take you to Romans chapter Three. Boy, that's one of the best soul winning uh, chapters in the book. It sure uh, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it says here in Romans chapter 3, uh, um, let's see. It says here, um, what shall we say? What, what then? Are, are we better than they? And you're talking about, are we believers better than a lost? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Everybody. And as it is written, there's unrighteous, no, not one. Right. You, that's almost a direct quote from Psalm chapter 14, verse 3. And then he says this, there is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all, what do you mean, none seeketh after God? It means that the lost person is lost uh, because he doesn't seek after God. But the, the saved person was saved not because he sought after God, but because God sought after him as just the way he did the lost. That's right. Back to Romans chapter 3, verse 12. It says they are all gone out of the way. Who? The lost people. Yep. They are together become unprofitable. Who's that? Lost people. Mm -hmm. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Right. The lost people, the unsaved. Their throat is an open sepulcher, and their tongues they have used deceit, and poison of asps is under their lips. His mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And, and he goes on to describe, there's more bigger description of that. And he says this, um, in, in chapter 3, uh, verse 23, well, let's, let's read, read verses 21, and we'll get to verse 23. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Uh-oh. Not by works. That's right. By faith of Jesus of Christ, Jesus Christ unto all upon all them that believe. Right. For there is no difference. For all have sinned. That's you and me, Kurt. That's you and me. That's right. That's that's my wonderful, wonderful uh, Bible-believing wife. For all have sinned. And come short, and come short of the glory, of, the glory of, God. of God. Yep. 
what, even those who had their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's right. Yep. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His, his grace. grace. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Bible says... Uh, in, in Romans 3.10, as it is written, there's none righteous. No, not one. If you haven't believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, there's not one single stinking work that you can do to be saved. And by the way, if you don't get saved, if you don't become a believer in Jesus Christ, those books that were opened... In Revelation chapter 20, mm-hmm. and the other book was the book of life. In our text in Revelation chapter 13, if you're not saved, your name is not in the book of life because that book will be shown to you, and you will be seen, and you will be the blots. And Jesus, in effect, is saying, You had your chance. That's right. And now the books of the works. You're going to be judged by those things that are in those works. Mm. Wowzer. Pastor, we, time have we got? Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to tell you, we have 15 minutes left, sir. 15 minutes left. Okay. Yes, sir. So, okay, so we're still in Revelation chapter 13. Please go back to that. And I know we've strayed from that text, but we've actually explained the text. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, Curtis, in all my years of ministry, now, please understand, I don't consider myself anybody. You know, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not a famous author of, of books. You know, I'm just not. Uh, but, but I am saved. And I have been teaching the Word of God uh, more or less faithfully. I think sometimes I, I've slipped and fallen a little bit away from what, what God called me. But uh, I always came back because it burned in my heart. But for the last, oh, uh, I began teaching you and Kelly the Word of God when you were just infants. Absolutely, I remember. I remember uh, sitting on my on my bedroom floor with yeah. uh, with Kelly, and uh, yeah. and during nighttime devotions right before bed. Yeah, I was maybe yeah. four or five, I think. It stuck with your sister, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So here's what happened. Your name was not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. For now, you shall be judged for your works. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know, and I'll repeat it again and again if I have to, that uh, you, uh, you can't do anything righteous to be saved. That's right. Okay. Now, in these these 50 years of ministry that I've had, I've had two questions that, that ring in my mind all the time, and mostly by young people. Uh, but I've had older people who were concerned about some things, and the one thing they can turn is, how, how can I know God's will for my life? Well, you just read Jesus' high priestly prayer, uh, prayer in John 17, 17, or excuse me, 17, I think 17. But uh, he said, if any man will do his will, he'll know 
of the doctrine which I speak. So you, right. if you want to know God's will, you stay in the Word of God. That's He'll right. show it to you. Yep. He'll show it to you. Yeah. But the main primary thing is a will is that to be saved. But uh, that you should be saved. But the, they ask it, and and, and uh, we got to be prepared to answer that. Uh, but the other one is is like it. Um, who is the Antichrist? Can we know who he is? Mm-hmm. What's his name? Right. Is he alive today? I've got to tell you, I don't know his name except the name of his number at the end of chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. Mm-hmm. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. That's the number of his name. Six, six, six. And that's in verse and eight. Three, that's in verse eighteen of chapter thirteen. That's exactly right. So uh, I've studied this over the years, and and I have, uh, and I have a book. Uh, that is before me today, written by Levin Strauss. He's my favorite author because of the way he, the way he uh, outlines things and the way he, uh, way he plans uh, the books that he writes. And he writes this, and and I'm I'm going to disagree with him, uh, and and he leaves room for uh, for for uh, uh, you know to, for disagreement. He says, is it possible to identify the Antichrist? Yes, it is possible. And then he says this, there is a striking similarity between the Antichrist and Judas Iscariot. He said, these two only are called the son of perdition. And if you'll see in John 17, 12, in John's high priest, I mean, Christ's priestly prayer, that's what he called. The son of perdition. That's right. And then in Second, Th- then in Second Thessalonians, you see that same thing being said of the Antichrist. Second Thessalonians two, verse mm-hmm. three. Right. He goes on to say that Judas is the only man whom Christ ever called the devil. That's right. And he did that at John six, verse seventy. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, Judas is the only man of whom it is said that Satan himself entered into him. That's right. You can find that in Luke chapter 22, verse 3. The Antichrist is not a system, but a person. The, The prophetic scriptures speak of Antichrist, the masculine pronoun he is used. Anyway. He's a ruthless, reckless, vicious, uh, nasty man. Okay. We know that. Now, Pastor Dick, who do you think will be the Antichrist? Well, I can't give you his name except 666. But I will tell you something that troubles me um, when people people just gloss over something. And uh, I'm reading... In uh, Genesis chapter 49, um, there's a a prophecy about each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and he gets down to verse 16, 
and it says Dan. Now that's one of the tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. One of the original tribes. Dan shall judge his people. Yep. That's one of the tribes of Israel. Yep. Now can you tell me at any time in history, Curtis, where Dan has ever judged the Israelites? Where Dan has ever judged them? Yeah. Or or where the tribe of Dan was ever prominent. No. Yeah, that's exactly right. That I mean that was a real good theological answer, son. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it says he shall judge his people. Well, well, wait a minute. What is Antichrist going to do for the last three and a half years? He's going to judge Israel. He's going to persecute the nation of Israel. That's exactly right. Now let's continue in in Genesis 49, verse 17. Dan shall be a what? Mm -hmm. A serpent. Uh Uh-huh. Now what is Satan and the devil called in the book of the Revelation? Mm -hmm. The serpent. Dan shall be a serpent, by the way, an adder. An adder in the way. That's talking about a poisonous snake. An adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backwards. We have eight minutes left, Father. Okay. So, uh, I believe that Dan, that, that someone from the tribe of Dan will be the one who will be the Antichrist. And I believe that also because in chapter 7 of the book of the Revelation, we see that there are four, that there are 12,000 men from each of the 12 tribes who are sealed. And we talked about them in, in, in Revelation chapter 7. We talked about them. And they were to go out. There's 144,000 of them. And they were to go out and they preach the gospel of the kingdom and people get saved. But if you look closely at that list, you see that there's a tribe of Judah, the tribe of Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, you know, Levi, Issachar. Wait just a minute. But I'm going to go through that total list. But no, Dan. No, I'm not. Yeah. But Dan is never mentioned in that list of tribes of Israel where people were sealed to go out and preach the gospel. That's right. And that's why I think the Antichrist, though I don't know his name, I don't know if he's alive today, I think that I know that he's going to come from the tribe of Dan based on the scriptures that I read to you. Good possibility, yes. One of my favorite Bible teachers, and I'm not going to tell you his name because uh, I haven't talked to him personally about this, uh, but uh, he thinks that Dan, that the uh, Antichrist will come from the tribe of Judah because he's a fake Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ came from, from Judah. Right. So, but anyway, okay. So, with that, I think we better close because we're running out of time. We are. And, We've got less than five now, minutes. Okay, we'll go in our next episode. Tune in, please, people, because we're going to do that more or less verse by verse. I've just gone, to, uh, just done two topics, the Book of Life and, uh, and Who's the Antichrist? And, uh, uh, but then we'll go back and uh, go verse by verse in our next episode. All right? Fantastic. And I, I got to tell you, great, great episode today. And it, it never ceases to amaze me, uh, Pastor, how consistent and accurate the Word of God really is. I mean, 
we're, we're talking about, uh, in the book of Revelation, something that, that talks about things to come, uh, and, and we, can, we can learn about those things to come from things that were way back in the past, uh, from Moses. Huh? From, it's just amazing how consistent things are in the Bible. That's right. Yep. It's, 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 not, a, it's not a hard puzzle. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's not. Yeah, we thank God for Strong's exhaustive concordance. Oh, amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> but, uh, if you don't have one, get one, folks. That's right. It'll that's help right. you with some of these things. That's right. All right. So, All right, let's, let's, let's close in prayer. Yes. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Father in heaven, thank you for this time you've given to us to preach your precious and holy word. Uh, we thank you for those who have listened to us. We pray that you, they will have grown in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and especially with regard to the end times. And we, uh, we do uh, thank you for that. We thank you for your precious gospel. And as we've preached it today, uh, we've, we ask that those who are listening in and may not be saved, that they would believe in Jesus Christ today and keep their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And for that, we'll give you the praise and glory as we close in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again, Pastor. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, for all of our listeners out there, isn't it, isn't it fun to learn? Come on. You know it is. So be yeah. with us and, and, and uh, tune in with us every time uh, that we're on. Uh, we, we, uh, we experience such a joy, uh, being in the word of God and, and, and teaching it. And, uh, because at the same time we get to learn as we study too. So it, it's just a total joy to learn. Uh, and, and we're, we're glad to be sharing that joy with you. So please tune in with us again, uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, when we will probably review chapter 13 and uh, begin to study the 144,000 uh, in chapter 14 of Revelation. Going to be another great session. Don't miss oh, it. Yeah. We, okay. we love you. Uh, we care about you, and we're so thankful for you. And um, we're thankful for your intent to join us again this Saturday, and we look forward to to speaking with you there and being with you uh, in fellowship. So until then, this is the Christian Underground News Network. Kurt Chamberlain, your host and your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, signing off for now and looking forward to fellowship with you Saturday. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.